Blondes with glasses, they can't sing. Blondes with glasses, let's do this podcast thing. Hey Shannon. Hi Becca. So we were famous this last weekend on the television. We were? I don't think we showed up at all. Oh, you mean because we went to a televised soccer game? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll give that one to you. I did. So I went through, they they posted the whole game on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And I went through and fast forwarded looking for crowd shots. (laughs) And at one point they had the squadron and then they panned a little bit off to the side and I paused it. And I was like, ooh, that person in green is Shannon. Yeah. But unless I told you, you would have no idea. <laughs> and I was not there. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad they got me in the shot, obviously. <laughs> but I think it's good. We should live our lives, like, anonymously and try not to, like, show up all the time and, and things. I don't know. Maybe it's dangerous. Well, based on our – was that the podcast we did last week? Is that the one we're saving for later? Mm-hmm. The one about being famous and how you don't want to be famous. Yeah. Okay, well, okay, we recorded a podcast last week, which at some point you will hear. It's our future future one that we'll have to drop if we ever miss a week. But that's exactly, like, we had just talked about it, and then we went to a thing that was televised, and I was like, maybe I don't want to be on television. Yeah. (laughs) I like my anonymity. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. She says, talking on her podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like we're doing anything to make this podcast more known. That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're not really self-promoters, are we? <laughs> no, and I meant to even, I need to post, but I'm on a streak right now where I'm only posting this one thing. I noticed. But I Facebook. want to post the latest episode. You should post it because it's your book launch. But you oh, should yeah. say in case you missed it. Yeah, I can do that. Launch. I can do that. Yeah. Will I do that? Who knows? Great question. Right? Like, I'm pretty sure we said, you'll post it on, like, we said to me, you'll post it on the Tumblr. Like, Uh you'll put it on the blog. And then I haven't. Nope. I haven't done that. Nope. (laughs) I might. It's very possible that I might, but I have to do it before we post the next episode. And Well, to be fair, you've been super busy because it is... (laughs) pilot season and there's lots of tv to be watching very true i wrote down my list of all the shows that i've i have four wow. categories your list uh, is so much longer than mine <laughs> oh my yeah. god so, uh, i have the shows i tried the shows i'm going to try the no thanks category and <laughs> the category that has four question marks in it and there's only one show in that category <laughs> wait four question marks what does that mean we'll get to it no to, uh, save that that's for just last. the title of the categories four question marks <laughs> i, I want to know more but not yet let's lead into okay. it let's lead into do you it. let's let's go with do you have some raw numbers how many shows have you tried one two th- like three four five shows? six seven seven <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> one two Oh my god. <laughs> uh, it's okay. bad too because I'm going to stick out 11 of them, I oh think. Oh my god. Okay, well, I for, think there are for the foreseeable future. There are two more I think that are coming that I haven't that aren't out yet and one of them yeah. is Insecure on HBO. Well, oh, I that's on my list of try because the pilot is up. Oh, is it? Oh, I haven't tried it yet. But yeah. yeah, that's that's on coming out the day this episode airs. That'll be out on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then looking way down the pike, the just one that I added today was series of unfortunate events comes out in January. Mm-hmm. 
and yeah, I tried to leave out the anything beyond the fall. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the end of my list. I think every okay. So I went into this year telling myself, don't force yourself to watch something because the past couple of years when I've been doing pilot season, I've watched stuff and I've stuck with stuff way longer than I wanted to because I have that completest tendency where if I get a couple episodes in, I'll be like, oh God, I'll just watch it. And so that's what I did with How to Get Away with Murder. That's why I watched two seasons of that. And like, I don't know, yeah. there's there's a bunch of those shows. And finally, I've started to unfollow them. Like I stuck with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. longer than I would have, you know, and even though it's great now, it wasn't mm-hmm. for a long time. And yeah. so this year I looked at the ads on television and when they were releasing them on YouTube and stuff, and I was just automatically deselecting myself from a certain yeah. number of shows. Cause I was like, I don't want to watch a bunch of dramas. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't like sitting down for a drama or a procedural and, or I don't like this actor very much or whatever it is. So right. I already started from a, a lower number than you did. Cause you just looked at everything that was on follow shows and you're like, yes, yes, no, yes, 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 no. Yeah. There's <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve shows that I just said, no, thanks. Okay. Not even going to bother trying. Okay. Well, tell me about them, because I bet a whole bunch of them are also on my list for that. Yeah. So, The Exorcist. Yeah. I just know that's not for me, um, even though I heard good things. Um, Frequency, I was going to try, yeah. and then I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I read a lukewarm review, and I was like, yeah, I'm not that interested either. Mm-hmm. And then Divorce, I'm not going to watch oh, that. Oh, no. I saw an ad for that yesterday, and I was like, hmm. No, I'm not at all interested. It's not for me. American Housewife, also not for me. No. Uh, Lethal Weapon, sounds like garbage. <laughs> Didn't, I have never even seen the movie. No, me Which neither. I guess I should probably see, but mm. I don't need to see a crappy remake of, of it in TV form. Mm-hmm. Um, Designated Survivor. Now, I heard this is okay, but to me, I already have Madam Secretary, which I'm currently very much enjoying mm-hmm. and have a whole season to catch up on, so I don't need another one. This, I... ABC was pushing Designated Survivor very hard this year, mm-hmm. and there are a whole bunch of billboards in Philadelphia for it, and I was like, I would have watched that, but I already know that it ha- that the writers of that show probably have the premise of the, the first pilot episode, mm-hmm. and then it just becomes like a West Wing sort of, what's the one with Gina Davis that I was, we were talking about? Mas- uh, Commander-in-Chief? Yep, that one. Like, it, it, they all eventually just turn into a political drama. Right. And so it's like, I already saw the one with Gina Davis. I already watched all of West Wing. I don't, I don't think I need Kiefer Sutherland to give it a try. Thank yeah. you. You know? Yeah, exactly. When Taya Leone is crushing it <laughs> on... Madam Secretary. Yep. Um, this is Us. Now, did you try this? I did. I'm going to talk about it. Great. Okay, because mm-hmm. I—that's my no thanks. Mm, um, you're wrong. Bull. Bull. Um, <laughs> I immediately, based on the premise, was like, "Yeah, that is bull." Yeah. You're right because well, it's all about jury selection, which I can tell you, as someone who's taken a class about this <laughs> and has a master's mm-hmm. in this, um, jury selection is bullshit, and it's it's completely unproven pseudoscience that people would pay money for nonsense. And so I can tell you that right now. I told you the fun fact about that show, right? Which was it's based off Dr. Phil's early career. Oh yeah. <laughs> so amazing. Yeah. Um Notorious, uh the Piper Parabo 
new show that's apparently oh. exactly the same as Conviction, right. but Conviction's a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Can Wait, obviously we've talked about that <laughs> one. No. Kevin James's show, we don't need to watch that. Hard pass. Then there's The Great Indoors, which is Joe McHale's That sitcom. hasn't started yet. That's hasn't that's... started yet, but I already know, no thanks, because I just looked up a review and it was like, the whole premise is Gen Xers versus Millennials. Oh, that's what <laughs> the season of Survivor is. What? <laughs> they ripped it off from Survivor. Yeah. And then Man with a Plan, which is oh, Matt LeBlanc's also garbage sounding sitcom, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where it's just men. <laughs> Awful. Just men. Um, <laughs> so yeah, th- those are my no thanks. So let's 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 talk about the overlap. This is us. This, that's the that's mm-hmm. the, so you you try it out. Should I bother trying it out? I of my list of what seven, eight, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I think I only watched two that you didn't watch. So <laughs> one of them is This Is Us. I watched it today because I there it there's been two episodes and I was putting it off because I was like, do I really want to watch this? It's a drama, all that stuff. I finally sat down and watched it, and I was so pleasantly surprised. It was so unexpected. I, okay. It's very much, I would say, in the vein of parenthood, but in, in like, its content, not in its execution, if that makes okay. sense. So the ads don't do it justice, I don't think, because there is something different about it so it's not just like a normal follow these different people on their journeys thing it it yeah. ha- it ha- it has more depth than that and they can't show that in the ads okay. so mandy moore's in it she's great i love her <laughs> she's not in enough stuff love that um it's i don't know i watched the first episode was like wow i will watch the second episode the second episode the end of the second episode, I was like, oh my god, can't wait for episode three. <laughs> so, okay. I, there is, has been, in the two episodes that have aired, there have been multiple things that I'm like, I'll come back for more to that. Okay. I don't know if I'm going to watch it for seven seasons, if it airs mm-hmm. that long or whatever, but as of this moment, I am happily subscribed to that show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how I feel about a bunch of these shows, where it's like, yeah, like I enjoyed that pilot, mm-hmm. and I will continue trying it out. Yeah, I would say, if nothing else, watch the pilot of This Is Us, because I think even if you're not going to watch the whole show, the pilot stands alone and is worth watching. Okay. And it that's it like has a moment where it really clicks. And also, this is a tiny bit of a spoiler, but I feel like it'll sell you on it, <laughs> which is one of the characters works on a sitcom, which is like, you know, two and a half men, and... Mm-hmm. He hates his life because he's living in this show where he's not being artistic and stuff. And I mm-hmm. feel like it's everything we hate about those shows <laughs> encapsulated. <laughs> and he he's putting into words everything we feel about those 30-minute sitcom, you know, multi-cam things. So I would definitely recommend it. Okay. Yeah. I'll I'll check back in with you and, and tell you how I feel about it. Okay, good. Once I watch it. Oh boy. Now my my, my <laughs> reputation's on the line. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. Now. Um, well, you said there was one other show? One other show that I watched that you didn't watch, which is Clash of the Cores on Fuse, which is... What? <laughs> All of those words you said are just nonsense. Okay, there's a TV network called Fuse. There's okay. a show on that network called Clash of the Cores, like C-O-R-P-S. Okay. And it's produced by The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> Is this a reality show? It's a docu-series about 
um, two different collegiate drum corps that are trying to get to the championships. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if it's for everyone because it definitely focuses on certain people within the core. So there's like, you know, people in, in the drum line, there's a kid that has scoliosis and they talk about him having to carry the snare drum. And there's a kid that's dealing with anxiety while being, you know, one of the dancers and stuff. So it's, it's more people focused. It's not focused on like the whole sort of group getting to the championship. Mm -hmm. And there's only been two episodes so far, but I, I enjoy it because I am super into the movie Drumline and when I was <laughs> when I was in high school I had harp lessons on Friday afternoons and after I would get done with my harp lesson my dad and I would go to the roof of the parking garage at the college and watch the drum corps practice so I have very you know tender spot in my heart for watching drum corps practices <laughs> so so far I'm enjoying it I know Somebody like Perry might enjoy it because of the drumline sort of crossover, but mm -hmm. you might just get that by watching the movie Drumline. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so should I go through my my list of Your fifteen shows? And we'll list. see. We'll see where we overlap. Um, I tried Atlanta. Have you? Did you try that? Nope. I I basically watched the first three episodes I think and then I decided to stock them up mm -hmm. so I could just watch it all in one sitting um so I enjoyed that I can't say I'm like as obsessed with it and amazed by it that everyone else is mm -hmm. but I think I just want to watch the whole thing and just this and is Donald, Glover's, Donald show. Glover's show about like the rap game in Atlanta it's definitely very unique mm -hmm. and very interesting and very different mm -hmm. but I want to give it more time okay. before I have, like, a full review of it. Um, and then we both saw one Mississippi. Yes. Oh, I forgot to list the Amazon-only ones. Mm -hmm. So I have two more than I originally put on my list. Right. <laughs> Fleabag being the other one. Yes. The, yes, yeah. of course. So um, I think both of us recommend one Mississippi and Fleabag on Amazon. Yes. Without and a doubt. Yeah. It's just six-episode first season for both of them. Mm -hmm. And... I mean, you could just, in an afternoon, <laughs> you watch the whole thing. That's what we both, both did. <laughs> they're both excellent. They're both just really quality, like, dark comedy television. Mm. It's just incredible. Yeah, um, I, I was so impressed with both of them. Should we explain more about each show? <laughs> yes. Tell, tell the people about One Mississippi. So One Mississippi is... Um, based off Tig Notaro's life who she's a stand-up comedian who back in 2012 a series of unfortunate events happened to her mm -hmm. uh, all in a span of a very short amount of time like she got uh, C. diff and cancer and her mother died, her mom died. Yeah. and and so this is sort of she's it's it's sort of an alternative take on on what could have happened if she'd gone back to Mississippi and stayed there mm -hmm. and so um and and so I'm really looking forward to like the next season where her like her, her wife is is in the show and I think they're setting up you get to see them fall in love yeah and so I just think it's really it's gonna be great but it's just it's it does a really good job looking at like grief mm -hmm. and things like that and it's just, it's just really cool. <laughs> I think that we also 
talked about off the podcast before mm-hmm. how the portrayal of her stepdad in that show mm-hmm. is one of the best. It's like the only portrayal where we've ever seen of that kind of adult. Like there's this mm-hmm. type of, you know, weird stepdad that's out there in the world that yeah. you don't really see on TV and stuff. And I don't know that actor's name, but he does mm-hmm. a great job. And I like I would watch that sh- a million episodes of that show because yeah you're right it just is like really truthful even and mm-hmm. and at the same time like funny and yeah personal and it just feels like meaningful like there are so many shows on network television that are not meaningful yeah <laughs> and and one Mississippi throughout is just everything you could want in a show mm-hmm. I love it yeah. yeah. Did we it, talk about Fleabag? I feel like we sort of did. It's very, We talked about how everyone should watch it, but we never really described what it is. I tried to explain Fleabag to somebody at work the other day, and I could not. <laughs> it's like, it's uh, about a 30-something woman, and she's really bad at life? I don't know. <laughs> like, how do you, you know, explain the, it? They had a whole segment on it in on Pop Culture Happy Hour, and every single person on it on the show loved it Mm -hmm. um and i guess it yeah it's it's a a, it's a londoner and she owns a cafe a failing cafe and the whole show is she looks into the camera Mm -hmm. and frank underwood style yeah except way better way (laughs) better (laughs) like such a better use of looking into like at first you're like oh no Oh no, the main mm-hmm. character is talking to us, looking at the camera, and like that's like the comedy trick or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it is not that at all. It's incredible. It's just, it draws you in so quickly. And she is such an incredible actress mm-hmm. that, and, and, and the points in which she looks into the camera and tells you what she's thinking, or she just looks in the camera and, and you know what she's thinking that changes throughout the course of the series and sometimes when you think oh she's gonna look into the camera Mm -hmm. and she's gonna like you know make fun of this moment or what she's feeling or whatever and it's like no she doesn't in this moment Mm -hmm. you know and that tells you something else and so it's just this expertly crafted like half hour of television that's just so incredible and it the whole six episodes is all building and revealing more and more of this woman and her life and it's another one where it just feels so true mm-hmm. and it really does capture grief and loss and, you know, relationships in such a true and unique way that it's just utterly captivating. And it's it really all comes down to her as an incredible actress yeah. who really sells it. I would also say that that show focuses on female relationships in a bunch of different combinations. So it's like, her and her stepmother, who's a terrible mm-hmm. stepmother, but also, like, in a way you haven't seen stepmothers maybe in a while. Yeah. And, and her and her sister and how they can't show emotion and mm-hmm. her and her best friend who run the cafe mm-hmm. and, like, you know, them bonding over guinea pigs. Like, I don't know. It's <laughs> There's so yeah. many, like, unique relationships within that show. Mm-hmm. And I... And Olivia Coleman plays her stepmother. And yeah. Olivia Coleman is somebody I will watch in any show she's incredible any show i love mm-hmm. her so much oh my god <laughs> and it's just so fascinating too because a, a couple a number of the characters including the main character doesn't mm-hmm. have a name mm-hmm. you know and so it's just so interesting thinking like is it is is it just she's the stepmother and like because that's just her relationship and you don't even need to know her own identity and like the dad doesn't have a name and 
the like if you look on IMDb because like, I was like oh who's that actor or whatever it, it would be like the arsehole guy <laughs> that's just the character's name and stuff and it's just so great because yeah it's like we're not gonna remember that guy's name yeah <laughs> you know he doesn't really we know we remember that one thing about him though like mm-hmm. he's always gonna be that guy to us <laughs> and so it's just so interesting it's just so well crafted I just think no matter who you are you will appreciate mm-hmm. the show because it is so well done and so affecting and and so at some point so hilarious yeah that and and so sad at, at, at other times and, but it's just it's never like you never feel like drained you know from watching it mm-hmm. it's just i couldn't say enough good things about it really i saw a tweet that was like they assigned an emoji to every episode and it was like so perfect the way that there was just a, <laughs> like a certain face from the emoji keyboard and I was like that is exactly how I felt when watching episode four <laughs> it's so perfect I love it I'll have to find that for you okay um, what else is on your list uh the next one I think we've both seen is obviously we've both seen the good place yes the good place um, this is by the same guy who did parks and rec and the office and brooklyn 99 and 30 uh, rock right no Oh, <laughs> I mean that was all Tina Fey, right? He, yes, I thought. Yeah, he and also she did... went off to do Kimmy Schmidt and her whole team. Right, I thought she he did Thirty Rock too. Never mind. Okay, um, <laughs> yes. So it's Kristen Bell and Ted, Ted Danson. I, I love Ted Danson so much in the show. He, I just watched the latest episode today, uh-huh. and he has a moment. He's just. He's really nailing it. And I read an interview with the creator, Greg Daniels, of the show. And he was like, we basically just wrote all of these because I know, like, these certain jokes because I know how Ted Danson would deliver it. And he would deliver it perfectly. And so I... He does. Like, we wrote these... We wrote this whole role with him in mind. Oh, it's so cute. So Ted Danson plays, like, a angel sort of guy where he... So they're in The Good Place, which is sort of like the afterlife and mm-hmm. it's for people that are super great they earn enough points to get to this yeah afterlife and ted danson has created this perfect place for them and he's trying to basically it's falling apart at the mm-hmm. seams and he's trying to keep everything together with his assistant janet <laughs> who i also and, love yeah and Kristen bell's the main character who she got it she got into the good place by accident some right. sort of clerical error mm-hmm. has has led her and she's pretty pretty shitty person yeah and so she's like well i gotta stay here and all of her shitty behavior is what is causing mm-hmm. the good place to break down and so she's like well in order for me to stay here in this great place and not go to the bad place i have to learn how to be good mm-hmm. and it's just it's fabulous just like just on that level of just like being like okay life is a video game and you get points for the good and bad things that you yeah. do and 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 yeah and what does it mean to be a a good person exactly what does that entail Mm -hmm. and yeah i think it has the best one-liners so far of anything Mm -hmm. i've watched like there are just so many little tiny jokes where they're just like throwaway jokes and i'm still laughing out loud at them (laughs) because i'm like that's adorable most of them are from ted danson to be fair but yeah (laughs) but kristen bell too i mean like there's just the world that they're in is also so unique that I think yeah. it allows a lot of opportunities for a lot of great comedy. So Right. Yeah, there's just there's a lot of great like I feel like prop humor in the yeah. sense of like like her house to me is just a hysterical joke. Like yeah. it's just it's just so great. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, what else? Um, Speechless, we both watched. Oh, Speechless is my number one favorite show of the pilot season. I'm really enjoying it, mm-hmm. I have to say. It's Mini Driver, 
Mm-hmm. She, we lost her in About a Boy. <laughs> I'm still not over it. <laughs> um, so and now she, she's playing basically the same character. Basically, like, a little bit more aggressive, less... Less hi- of a hippie. Less of a hippie, but pretty much the same. And so she has a special needs child, and then also two other children. And mm-hmm. so it's all about them moving to a new neighborhood moving to a new school that's supposed to be, like, this uber-inclusive school. Yeah. (laughs) And I just think that every character, especially the children, are all really well-developed. Like, they all have their own lives and everything. Mm -hmm. It's, like, what Modern Family might was was in their first season, maybe, I think. Yeah, or what they wish they could be. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, God, I feel bad about ragging on Modern Family all the time, but I I don't. (laughs) (laughs) They won an Emmy every year for, like, six years. I think they're fine. That's true. Okay. And also, it's just plain funny. Like, I I laugh so much when I watch it. It giggle a lot. And I... It's really funny. And I love love the family dynamic that they have set up, where Mm -hmm. it's just, like, a bunch of lunatics... in a certain sense and it's just like they're just weirdos but they just have such a great sense of humor with each other and it's never the family members are never the butt of each other's jokes right it's never like ragging on each other and then at the end they say we love you it's like everything is with love Mm -hmm. and but at the same time there's this undercurrent of sarcasm in the family which is so real you know it that's the way it reminds me more of Parks and Rec. Like, I think that fits more with the Parks and Rec model than um, The Good Place does, you know? Because it is, at, at its core, like, very heartfelt and mm-hmm. and a loving environment for all of the characters, which is what you want. You're like, you don't want your characters to suffer and be the butt of jokes and all that stuff. So I think Speechless does a great job of just being real and, mm-hmm. I don't know, and also it gets a... Um, two thumbs up from Perry, who of course does occupational therapy, and that features in the second episode, so (laughs) she agrees with us on this one for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, good. Um, And then we both watched Pitch. Yes. And I I have a lot of feelings. Tell me your feelings, because I feel like you're falling off the pitch wagon. Am I correct? I'm definitely going to stick with it. I'm still entertained, generally, by it. Mm -hmm. But, so basically we read... I, we both read this very interesting article before it came out about how this unprecedented partnership with the MLB and Fox Sports and all that stuff mm-hmm. with the show where they spend so much time and effort trying to make sure that the baseball that is depicted there is as accurate as completely possible and we want it to look like it's really happening and really real and all that stuff. And I just think what happens when you spend that much time and energy focusing on making baseball look real is you're sort of forgetting like does this look it does this feel real on a human level mm. you know like these interactions between these people these what, like things that they are saying and and these emotions are they i just think focus on that like if you're trying to please like the uber baseball fan mm-hmm. then i think maybe you're going in the wrong direction with yeah. this i think i enjoy it it fills the sp- very specific niche in my TV watching schedule. And I think it's like in the Shonda land sort of realm, which is it's a little bit dramatic and it, and it way too much relies on the time jumping storyline trope Mm -hmm. thing where it's like, this is happening right now. Let's flash back to 10 years ago when she was in, you know, high school or whatever. And that gets old really fast in my book because like, that's what I, I, that's one of the huge reasons I stopped watching How to Get Away with Murder. 
like an arrow and oh my god <laughs> well it's just like often the flashbacks go on a lot longer than you think they're going to in terms of like you flashback you see the scene you're like okay so that's how that came to be and mm-hmm. then you're back in the present and then you flashback and you're like what really mm-hmm. we're still yeah and it was like and this last episode so basically we haven't even said the premise of the show but the premise <laughs> is that it's the first uh major league baseball player who's a woman right. um comes up and anyway and so this last episode there was a flashback she was like she asked her her agent or whatever she's like why are you even here like helping me or whatever and it was this flash this completely unnecessary back sob story mm-hmm. for this character it was just instead of like just what you thought like oh this woman is really in- intuitive and insightful and she saw this girl being a f- really important future thing and something new that she could do with her career because she's really tired of her career and it was like on top of that she has this really sad sob story that's mm-hmm. ridiculous that's just like she didn't need that what yeah. what's wrong with her just being incredibly competent and you know having foresight yeah. And wanting to do something new in her career. I just am worried because I like it, but I foresee problems down the line. Because if they're going con- con- to they're gonna continue that trope of flashing back, they mm-hmm. haven't earned it. Because they're not flashing back to stuff that is important to the story, I yeah. think. I mean, there there is some, and it does inform the present, I guess. But I, I always am like, why don't you just tell it in order? Just tell it in order. <laughs> like, <I'll laughs> or watch- just... So many times the flashback could be just summed up in, like, a couple sentences between characters. You know, like, remember when you came down to Texas and you said this to me? Like, yeah, I meant it when I said it, you know, Mm -hmm. or something, like, that simple. And we don't have to spend half an episode. Trying to figure out where we are in the timeline. Yeah, and and just watching scenes unfold. So I foresee that getting more complicated as time goes on because they need to invent new things. That's what happened to Arrow. It worked okay for the first couple seasons of Arrow, but then you have to insert more stuff to go back to because that's the the format of your show and you you sort of waste all this and you're like okay now he like he has to get off the island i guess to go to hong kong like (laughs) yeah it's so dumb and i foresee that happening possibly with pitch also because it's a sports based show there is going to be the question that happens in any show that's revolving around sports or movie when, do they get to the championships? Do they win? Mm-hmm. Do they lose in the last second? Like, there's only so many ways that that can end, and so many of them have already been done. Like, either yeah. they win and everything's great, or they lose in the final game and it's terrible and you have to come back for season two for the redemption arc, which is probably what it will be. Or, like, like I think the only show that didn't do that was Friday Night Lights, and... I I don't see I don't think pitch is a is comparable to Friday Night Lights in its storytelling mm-hmm. at this point, so I'm nervous. But yeah, and then I keep I think I keep butting up against this whole the whole premise the whole idea of like I'm that I'm totally on board with the idea that this is very like this could happen very soon you know that a woman could be in Major League Baseball, but it's just so disappointing to constantly be like seeing the scenario and how awful <laughs> it would yeah. be for this woman. Yeah. And 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 having okay, yes, I'm not the biggest baseball fan. Um but like having this level of insight into baseball as a sport mm-hmm. and being in the locker room of these rich assholes being assholes mm-hmm. for something so stupid, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as like a girls on your team. It just sort of makes you be like 
yeah, like a woman could is can't like that's the next step forward is a woman's going to be in men's sports, but is that really like something that we're excited about achieving? Or would we rather see the legitimacy of women's sports rise? And mm. maybe there's something that men's sports can learn from women's sports in terms of teamwork, camaraderie, like being respectful, <laughs> you know, like you just like it, it's just as being a fan of a women's team mm-hmm. in soccer, it's it's so nice. Like the, those players are so fabulous. And yes, not every player has to be a role model or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, it just feels like there's so many assholes yeah, <laughs> in the sport. And so it's really hard to be like, I'm invested in this team of millionaires <laughs> who, who also don't like women. You know, like, let me keep watching this. I definitely mentioned this to you, and you said something very interesting, which I said, unfortunately, this show closes the door on this happening for any other sport. Like, Fox isn't going to make a show next year where it's a woman on an ice hockey team or a mm-hmm. woman playing football. And you said, why are, why would they make more of that? Like, they should make shows about women's sports. And I was like, mm-hmm. duh! <laughs> it yeah. didn't even occur to me. I was like, it's been so long since, I don't know, Gotta Kick It Up, the Disney Channel original <laughs> movie came out that I forgot that women's sports can also be made into TV shows and movies <laughs> and stuff. And like, I want to see Double Teamed as a TV show. Right. Like, well, why does it... Yeah, because what ends up happening is that, yeah, it's, oh, women's empowerment. It's all about this woman. But then it turns out maybe she's the only woman on this show besides her agent. Yeah. You know, and then the show is not passing the Bechdel test anymore, you know. And so is it a feminist show at that point purely because it's following a woman? And mm. if we have to watch an hour of sexist assholes and to be, and to, at the end be like her say something empowering is that the same as versus just legitimizing women sports players to the point where a show like this seems ridiculous like of course women can play any sport they want they're amazing athletes you know i think the consensus we're reaching is just go watch motocross <laughs> am i right i'm right right <laughs> just go read 12th night yeah oh God, uh, twelfth night. <laughs> so she's the man because women are as good as bed. But <laughs> uh, at least she wears her hair in a ponytail. Because in she's the man, she wears her hair down when she's playing as a woman, and that bothers me always. That's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's move on. What else? Okay. <laughs> um, I watched a show. I'm watching a show called Loosely Exactly Nicole. It's on oh. MTV. Okay. Um, it's Nicole Byer. She's a comedian who pops up on my podcast all the time, and she's really funny. And it's just a show. It's It just feels kind of appropriate right now because it's a show about, like, a real bum who, <laughs> in terms of, like, she's just, like, it's her and her friends and their millennials who are, you know, in between jobs, so they do really weird shit, and they're really lazy, and... Mm-hmm. Just a little bit of hot messes, and she's just really funny, so I'm enjoying that. Um, I watched Conviction with Haley Atwell. Yes. Now and... tell me more about this. Okay, so basically... She has an American accent. She has an American accent, <laughs> if you want to call it that. Um, maybe she'll get better at it, hopefully. Okay. I love Haley Atwell, um, but but yeah, she needs to work on the accent. Uh, she's like She plays a former president's daughter. Mm. And she she is called up 
in order to avoid like a drug charge <laughs> she gets sort of blackmailed into this job by her friend the prosecutor for New York or whatever mm-hmm. who she has weird sexual attention with which was really disappointing in that pilot episode <laughs> um wait because he's a man I'm assuming yeah oh okay mm-hmm. well it's just like they stood really close like they were gonna make out and it's like is this your relationship like really like really <laughs> um anyway so she is tapped to like head the the conviction integrity unit where she they re- just review old convictions it's not quite the Innocence Project, but they're mm-hmm. basically doing that. Okay. And so, but basically it's the, the setup of it and the feeling of it is just like house. And mm-hmm. she's like a super genius, but she also doesn't care and she doesn't really want to be there, you know. But at right. the same time, she has ten times more emotions than house does. Um, so it's a lot more enjoyable in terms of like caring about her. Okay. Um, and it's just sort of like sending her minions along to do these things and then... The, the like the little minions are really fun and I like them and um, I don't know it's just I, I like the idea of just watching people examine old cases and talk about statistics I already know about how I you know bad eyewitness identification is and stuff like that like I just feel like it's it's new mm-hmm. you know mostly it's like you see on TV it's like police are amazing we get we we solved the case and everything's fine mm-hmm. and this is kind of a nice new thing and it's just it's snappy it moves quickly and. I just, I'm, I like shows that dare to be entertaining, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? I don't feel like I have to slog through it. Okay, well, that's one that I am not going to watch until you tell me at the end of the season that it's worth watching, because I think that I, I still enjoy Law & Order SVU and reruns of Law & Order SVU enough to not have to watch that show, (laughs) but if it develops into something worthwhile for me, I would watch it. Okay. So I'm on the fence, but at the moment, yeah. that's it. I mean, we'll see with this one. If mm-hmm. they make this a whole thing about her and her boss having a relationship, right. then I'm, I'm pretty much going to be out at that point, but we'll see. Okay. We'll see. In the meantime, I enjoyed the pilot. Um, Westworld, did you watch that? I watched Westworld. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> How'd you um, feel about it? Did we have different feelings? I... I don't know. Okay, I, as soon as I watched it, I wanted to go watch the Humans, which is coming back mm-hmm. this week yeah. as well. So I was like, why do I have, why do I have to watch two of these when I could just watch Humans season two? So Westworld is based off a movie with Yul Brynner from like the 60s or whatever. And it's set in the near future, distant future, where people can pay to go live out their fantasies in this Western society and Mm -hmm. so it's focusing on the robots or automatons that are living in this situation the people that are the developers and like the apple care people of these (laughs) robots and then some of the people that are going to visit Westworld and I think it's interesting I love I always love exploring that sort of weird future we're approaching which they did in humans and they did in that play i lent you the nether Mm -hmm. where it's like is it okay to commit crimes when you're not committing them with people like Mm -hmm. are these automatons people like do they have feelings and it's a whole lot to explore and i'm interested in it but at the same time i'm like i think other people do it better i've only seen one episode to be fair yeah and it is intriguing but at the same time, it is made by HBO, and 
the gore content and sexual content mm-hmm. is something that like I don't need in my life. No. So I'm definitely going to watch season one, but I think it's going to be a Game of Thrones situation where it gets too much and I'm mm-hmm. just like, I'll just close the door on it at the end of the season. Yeah. I but- definitely, I'm just, I was just so intrigued by the pilot that I need to see where it's going. Yeah, and I feel that way too. It has a very real possibility of disappointing me, but in the meantime, I'm endlessly fascinated mm-hmm. by stories like this and Humans is only going to be like 10 episodes or something, you mm-hmm. know, and so I'm going to need, I'm going to need another fix. <laughs> okay. You know, I need to, I need to ponder what makes us human, what, you know, the difference between AI and, mm-hmm. and humanity and, you I know, of course. Part of yeah. it is I get a lot of that for myself from Star Trek because every incarnation of Star Trek has one character on the bridge that has to deal with that mm. over the course of the whole series. So it's Data and the one I'm currently watching and Voyager, it'll be the Doctor who's a hologram. Yeah. And, you know, so I don't feel the need to latch onto it just because of that. I think I, it is super interesting and I love it, but again, it just like the violence against women is something that they have been talking about and saying like, yeah. oh, it's for the greater good rather than in um, in Game of Thrones where it's just happening in the background or it's just happening mm-hmm. because like there's a reason and it's exploring why and all this and it's like, that's great, but at the same time, I don't want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think the true test of this show will be, are they... Is it going to actually examine the idea of it where it's mm-hmm. it's a it's the old west and you know and rape and murder is like what you're going on vacation to do sort of a thing and is it going to examine that that is like an indictment of our society and that's what we want to do or is it going to revel in that and be like yeah the old west <laughs> <laughs> you know I think that will be the true test of the show and yeah. is, is it yeah, but and there's still ways that you can do that without having, you know, the rape and the background nudity mm-hmm. and things like that. But we, when we did watch it, I was complaining towards the start of the episode to Kyle, who was sitting next to me, and he's like, I've seen way more boobs than I've seen penises, because that's always one of the things with Game of Thrones is that they yeah. willy-nilly show women, and they very rarely show men. And then by the end of the episode, there were a couple more penises, and I was like, <laughs> okay, all right, they're getting there. So I do see, <laughs> I do see room for improvement, and I see, I see where it can go, and I hope it goes there. Yeah. Um, so I'm watching. I will be watching. Yeah. And actually, they already put out episode two, so you can watch that early. I mean, we'll be airing this on Sunday when it would be coming out, but it's out already, so... Okay. That's yeah. weird. Yeah. Um, okay, next one, Timeless. Oh, okay. I saw an ad for episode two of Timeless, and I was like, I have a feeling I'm going to have to start watching this. <laughs> yeah, to me... Well, okay, it's really funny, because this is literally Legends of Tomorrow is, like, the exact same premise, is really? that they're chasing a guy through time. Oh, wait. And... I was thinking you were talking about Legends of the Seeker. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> okay, wait. Uh, so they're chasing one guy through time? Yeah, pretty much. And who's they? A team, ragtag team? A ragtag team of three people. One where... person's black, I assume. Yeah. Of course. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a black guy who, he's the engineer or whatever. He he pilots the ship and he, he knows everything about the space-time continuum mm-hmm. or whatever, and then the main character is uh, a professor. She's she's great. I love her. Um, mm-hmm. She was she... a burning love. <laughs> right. Okay. She looks like Bridget Regan to me. She does. Yeah. But she's not Bridget um, Regan. Sad. Okay. And then there is a white guy who was like the military guy or whatever. But mm-hmm. he, it's sort of 
the joke of his character is that they just need him to get into places in the past like oh because he's white because <laughs> he's a white man like and and but the show is aware of that so it's just really nice where it's just like they're they're aware of okay. the setup that they have you know and it's just who doesn't want to like go to a different time period every week mm-hmm. and just explore that and she's like the history nerd who can tell you everything about it and you know it's just it was just Flat out entertaining, in so, my opinion. It moved quickly. It was just, it was fun to watch, and I just enjoyed it immensely. So it's I don't. It's like, again, it's like conviction for me, where I enjoyed it immensely. Well, I'll watch it for a little bit, see if it lets me down. Okay. Are you still going to be watching Legends of Tomorrow? Is that what it's called? That's what it's called. Yeah. You yeah. are. Weird. I don't know. Don't ask me why. It's... <laughs> It's just, like, Legends of Tomorrow and Once Upon a Time to me are, like, inexplicable, and Mm -hmm. yet I can't. Like, I think it's just for certain actresses, honestly, at this point. That's fair. I mean, I've done that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I kind of just need to know what happens to Sarah Lance and that character. Hopefully she doesn't die again. I'll just put that out there. Um, If she does, I'll throw my TV out the window. Okay, good. (laughs) Um, Timeless sounds like it's a lot like Wishbone to me. (laughs) <laughs> is that true <laughs> well that was a dog uh retelling books yeah but like but... he traveled in time to tell those stories <laughs> he just did the book yeah you know okay. they weren't all historical <laughs> all right uh, uh okay <laughs> it just still feels like wishbone to me <laughs> it's literally the premise it's exactly the same as legends of tomorrow minus it's just minus superheroes it's they're just traveling Probably. through time to stop a guy Probably traveling through time. <laughs> Do you, did you see like an extended trailer for the rest of the season? Where else are they going? Like, I know they're going to save President Lincoln in the, this week's episode. Oh, that was the ad I saw, and I was like, oh, I haven't seen any any promos for it. But okay. I, I, I'm already. It's just it's entertaining and intriguing, and already like they already showed they changed history a little bit in the first episode when they went back, but ultimately it sort of played out the same way. But then she comes back to her life and things about her own life are different and so you sort of wonder oh throughout the whole season every episode what else is going to change in her life and at what point can she just never return to her life i don't know like it's just sort of interesting okay all right um okay i watched insecure the pilot for that oh that's not out yet but it is (laughs) okay it's out it's yeah (laughs) yeah i would just i i knew the pilot had been out and i thought i'd watch it before this Mm -hmm. how is it tell me it's on i loved it i loved it I really want to watch more. She's great. She's is so it, funny. It's 30 minutes, right? Yeah. Okay, it's comedy? Yeah. Okay, and it's uh, it's on HBO. Is it is it like autobiographical or no? I don't know much about it, honestly. I haven't read much about it. Okay. But I, 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 anything I tell you about her is half remembered. Like, I'll, I know that she became the actress Issa Rae. She became famous on the internet for like a youtube series or something called awkward black girl yeah i remember that from a podcast and some podcast had like a great profile on her but i can't remember what it is at the moment i think another round that's what it was yeah that's what that is what it was but yeah yeah, this is just it's it's she just turns 29 in the pilot and she has she's having you know her little life crisis as to what what have i done with my 20s sort of Uh a thing and it's her and her best friend who 
is also having having a time, but in a totally different way. Uh-huh. Um, and they're both incredibly relatable, I have to say. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I think you will, too. That's good. I'm glad, because uh-huh. it was on my list, for sure. So I watched... Okay, the, the last four are okay. ones that I tried and, and was like, no. Okay. Yes. <laughs> MacGyver. No. <laughs> I can't believe you watched that. <laughs> because I, I love MacGyver, and I wanted... I wanted it to be better than it was, Mm-mm. and it was so bad. It oh, was so bad. I'm Just so sorry. Don't, don't watch it. Um, this is one I'm having a really hard time with, which is Queen Sugar, the On... Ava DuVernay, you know, pr- produced and directed and everything Yeah, show. it's on, on Oprah's own. network, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had to give up on it three or four oh. episodes in, just almost purely because of the music. <laughs> It was just constant, ever-present music with lyrics. Isn't that the same problem you had with Luke Cage, which we have yet to talk about? I also did have problems with that music for a diff- different reason for the music, but that mm. wasn't the only problem I had with Luke Cage. But for this one, this, and also there's something about the acting that was so wooden and stilted, hmm. Or just weird, or like the dialogue just came off so weird, and I don't know, and I, I, it just also moved so slowly. I guess this is a, a Luke Cage, and I have some issues as well with that. What is the premise of Queen Sugar? It's three siblings, and they inherit their dad's sugar farm, mm-hmm. and sugarcane farm, and they're like in very different places in their lives, and they have to decide what to do with it. But it just, well, like, you would think that that would happen in the pilot, Mm -hmm. but that I just described is, like, three or four episodes in when that finally happens. And that's the premise, I would assume. It's just, it just takes a long time Mm -hmm. to get anywhere, and none of the characters feel very fleshed out to me. And I really wanted to like this, but I don't know. Maybe other people would like it more than I did. Mm -hmm. Um, I tried Better Things, because people wouldn't shut up about that. I haven't even heard of that. Um, it's on FX, X or FX, I don't know. <laughs> um, it's like, she's like a single mom and an actress in LA and she's I like in her forties. I've never heard of that. Really? Yeah. She, um, uh, Mo Ryan tweets about it all the time. Obviously I don't understand Twitter cause I never see her tweets. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> I think you must have accidentally unfollowed her or something. No, I definitely follow um. her. I see her replying to other people, but I don't see her actual, I don't know. Somebody help me. I don't understand technology. <laughs> uh, yeah. So people love it. They're like, this is the future of, of comedy or whatever. And I could not get into it. Mm-hmm. I generally, I just, those meta Hollywood shows, I just mm. can't get into personally. Yeah. Um, I might, I don't know if I keep hearing really good things, I might try it again, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then Luke Cage, have you, how much have you seen of it? I watched one episode today. Um, I do think it's a difficult watch, but I think every Marvel show on Netflix right. is a difficult watch, including Jessica Jones, which Jessica I Jessica Jones was, it was liked. a miracle that I made it through, honestly, yeah. Jessica Jones, because I have the same problem with Luke Cage that I have with Daredevil and Jessica Jones, where they're given 13 episodes, but that has nothing to do with the amount of content, you know, yeah. that they can provide and the, and what the story requires. Mm-hmm. It's that dark noir looking 
you know, visuals and then just really slow storytelling where there's just a lot of repetition where with Jessica Jones, the problem was you just, it was constant scenes of her just drinking and that would be the whole scene. And that happened like three times an episode. And at a certain point you're like, we get it. You know, (laughs) like you've hammered this point home. Yeah. And the same thing with Luke Cage, same thing with Daredevil where it's just, they don't have enough story to fill 13 episodes. And Mm -hmm. so it's, I'm just mentally editing it the whole time in my mind. Yeah, I also agree with you. I think it's... I'm gonna keep watching it, because I never watched Daredevil, so I feel like I haven't hit my limit yet with, Mm. like, Marvel navel-gazing sort of shows. Yeah. And I think since they included Misty Knight, I am super on board, because she's one of my favorite Marvel characters. She was in Fearless Defenders, which is one of my favorite comic series. Yeah. I really wish she had a robotic arm like she does in the comics. <laughs> I'm really sad about that. But I think that I'm going to make a wild generalization because I haven't seen Daredevil, but I think that the female supporting characters of the Marvel TV series on Netflix is the most standout part of those series. Because Claire Temple, is that mm-hmm. her name in Daredevil? Mm-hmm. Everything I hear about Daredevil is about her. Yeah. Everything about Jessica Jones is about what's her face, <laughs> Jessica's sister. What's her Trish. Face? Trish. <laughs> and then I feel like that's exactly what's going to happen with Misty Knight for me. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm going to keep watching. I did like how the first episode was filmed. It was by Paul McGuigan from Doctor Who, actually. He was the director mm. of the first episode. Um, I'm interested to watch more, but I have. I know I will be exactly in the same mindset as you, which is too many episodes, too long. <laughs> and I think I could have gotten through more of it if I if I enjoyed the dialogue or if the music wasn't so distracting. Mm-hmm. The music was all over the place. It it would just the genres were just it was just all over the place and ever present. And then I just felt like the dialogue was really wooden, mm-hmm. and it, I just it didn't it just didn't feel it just felt like an all, weird alternate universe mm-hmm. where people don't talk that way or act that way <laughs> <laughs> also something i'm having a hurdle it's a hurdle for me is i don't remember jessica jones that well anymore so i don't remember his character from jessica jones except for they slept together and he had a dead wife yeah but i can't remember like i remember he's sort of like invincible and stuff but i don't remember why his wife died, what his... I think it was her... I think it was Jessica Jones's fault. Was it? Like, she ran in front of the bus or something, oh. and then her, his wife died on the okay. bus. Okay. Does this take place after Jessica Jones? It does. And okay. it took me a really long time in that first episode to figure it out. Until That's why someone said, like, your bar. rebound girl or something. Yeah. Okay. See, talking about it is already helping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at the same time... I think it might fall off of my list because I still haven't watched The Get Down, which mm-hmm. is definitely a higher priority for me, and Stranger Things. So yeah. I think those will supplant Luke Cage for me for a while. It's just, I think Marvel TV shows in general, I'm just not enthusiastic about anymore yeah. slash at all. <laughs> so. Same with their movies, too. I just, yeah. it's, yeah, I just, it, I really want to like it. I I really want to. I want to support characters mm-hmm. like Luke Cage. I want to support right. minority actors in leading roles. But at the same time, it's 
they're making it difficult for me by giving <laughs> them so many episodes. Yeah. Like, after watching six episodes of Fleabag and six episodes of One Mississippi, I three half Like, six half-hour episodes, yeah. too. Yeah, and, like, they told so much story in those mm-hmm. two shows. So much. And the fact that they have to spend hours telling the same amount of story in mm-hmm. shows like that on Netflix is insane to me. Like, Amazon has hit the nail on the head. And yeah. Netflix needs to catch up, which is something I never thought I would say. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I'm definitely supporting Amazon nowadays for that, those choices. We'll see. Yeah. Well, um, that's everything I watched. That's everything I watched. Yeah. Wait, um, what was the thing that you had four question marks about? It's, will I watch this ever or will I forget about it completely, which is Son of Zorn. Oh my God. <laughs> There's a billboard for that in Philly, and I was like, why? Because hmm. it's one of those shows where it's like, it, it it feels like if you like Archer, you would probably like this, yeah. but also it's such a weird, unusual new format, the idea of one animated character in a real world. They're doing it as well. Rachel Dratch has a show coming out that's doing that. Really? Yeah, and they just, I saw a news article, I can't remember what it's called, but it's, she has an imaginary friend. And it's like an animated little sort of stuffed Ted, you know, the movie Ted, like uh-huh. the bear thing. It's like that, but it's like a weird monster. And they oh. just cut the series order for it, and it hasn't debuted. Oh, I was going to say, I, that sounds great. I'd watch that. <laughs> yeah, same. I, I was like, oh, too bad. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't think I'll watch Son of Zorn. Yeah, I don't think I will either. Mm. But it's just one of those things where it's like, if there's enough comedy people in it that I... I'm interested, mm. but then at the same time, I'm like, no. And, like, a lot of the jokes that I saw in the trailer, it was, like, the, the premise is that he's really sexist, you know? Because yeah. <laughs> he's, like, yeah, and so it's, like, he's oh, like Conan hilarious. the Barbarian. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. Well, we still have more to look forward to. There's still Gilmore Girls coming, a series of unfortunate True. events. Mm-hmm. I'm oh, still gonna. I'm gonna try on falling on USA. I'm gonna try Falling Water, and just aired yesterday, but I haven't watched it yet. I still don't know if I will get around to it. No Tomorrow, with the guy from Gallivant. Oh, and then I'm gonna watch Stand Against Evil for Janet Varney. She's in that. Yeah. Uh, is Lucy Lawless in that or no? No, she's no. in Ash versus the Evil Dead. But they're connected shows, right? Who knows? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just see, because uh, I follow Janet Vardy on Twitter, and it's just mm-hmm. all she posts about. Yeah. So. That's how I found out about the uh, Clash of the Cores, because that's all The Rock posts about. Now the Ballers <laughs> is over for a season. Yeah. I figured when you said The Rock, I was like, oh, that's how you found out about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's good, though. Um, okay, so do we? Do you think we can reach a consensus for our listeners if out of this huge mess we just created is there <laughs> one show that you must watch mm. it's difficult i know because i feel well, like i have three that i want everybody right to watch. okay let's set aside fleabag and one mississippi because we've already recommended we them. already officially recommended them but mm-hmm. honestly fleabag probably would be yeah <laughs> i really can't i can't say enough good things um <laughs> speechless <laughs> is the one i want to say okay I did really enjoy Westworld, I gotta say. Mm. Um, well, we could do one comedy, one drama. One comedy, one drama, okay. Fair. I'll, um, I'll go with that. Yeah, I'd agree on Speechless for okay. for comedy. So we're saying Speechless and Westworld. Yeah. Okay. I think we're, we're, Westworld's gonna be big, so I feel like... It is. 
start watching it now so that you know what everyone at work is talking about. <laughs> that is a great point, actually. Actually, at work yesterday, people were talking about it. So you've predicted the past. Good job. <laughs> if anything, it'll just have some really interesting discussions about how, why do we always pick depict AI this way? You know, will, mm-hmm. if we ever invent robots, will we always just use them for this end? You know, yes. will it always be this much of a bummer? Is this what who humanity is yeah also we should just recommend catch up on season one of humans because season two is starting and Mm -hmm. season one of humans is amazing yeah and sort of related black mirror is coming back in like a week or two i never watched and it's gonna come on netflix well it's now now it says it's a netflix Netflix original original. series yeah Mm -hmm. which is crazy so also, since we're that's just very recommend- easy for you to watch, and you would really enjoy, and it's on Netflix. So. I've seen one. I saw the episode with Haley Atwell in it, which is oh, fantastic, right? Very good. Yeah, so um, good. Since we're recommending shows, uh, I do want to surprisingly recommend Longmire. <laughs> My is, parents love that show. I can see why. Honestly, it's fascinating. Now you said. One podcast, several podcasts back, you said something about it being canceled on Netflix? I lied. It just got okay, a new season on Netflix. because my parents were very concerned about that. No, I think I lied. I think I, I was remembering it got canceled on AMC, and then Netflix, Netflix saved, saved it. it. And I thought this was the last season, but I think I misheard, and this is another season that just came out. So okay. I, I've never seen it before. I just watched the season that just premiered. And Katie Sackhoff is in it, and she plays a person from Philadelphia, and it's set in Wyoming. It's a beautiful show. It's very much a procedural. They're solving crimes and stuff, but it's so nice. I don't know. I just It's something to watch with dinner and to put on in the background when you're cleaning and stuff, but I enjoyed it never having seen it before. So put that out there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. I guess it's crazy to have recommendations on this show. Can I? On this episode, but I have one. (laughs) I know. I also have one because I wrote it on my post it note on my computer weeks ago because I can't check my phone for my recommendations. And then we were like, we were in person, so I didn't have it. So this one has been sitting on my computer for so long. I just want to get it out into the world. What is it? It is a 30 for 30. You might have already seen it. Um, It's called 9.79 asterisk, (laughs) which is. it is about Ben Johnson and Carl Lewis and their rivalry during the Seoul Olympics. And I watched it a couple weeks after the Olympics because I was like, what's on Netflix that will fill this void? And so it's about this huge doping scandal. It was like the first really big doping scandal. that These hit the are Olymp- runners? Runners, sorry. Okay. <laughs> short, dist- <laughs> short distance runners. Um, you should know who Carl Lewis is. He's I mean, a... his name sounds really familiar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, the 30 for 30 really lays out everything perfectly, but they interview the coaches of the athletes, the af- every single athlete that was in the final race in the Seoul Olympics for, I think it was the 200 meters, um, scientists who were studying doping at the time, and then other athletes who also were doping at the time. So, like, it's this very widespread... little tiny documentary about like this very tiny moment in time where doping was sort of okay and you had to dope so the whole thing is like you had it was like everybody thought everybody was doping so everybody started doping to keep 
up with their yeah. competitors. So it was all, it's a huge misunderstanding at the end of the day. But it's fascinating because at the end of the documentary, you're like, you think at the same time, you're thinking everybody was doping and also nobody was doping because you can't really be sure because you're like, were they all not? I'm not, I'm still not sure. Like halfway through, I was like, this person's doping, this person's doping. And then after that, I was like, wait, no. <laughs> so it's great. And the interviews are really candid as well. And it's just like a great 30 for 30. And I think it's the only the second one I've ever watched. And so I would definitely recommend that one. Cool. Yeah. Well, of course, so I'm going to recommend a documentary to you. And as I'm thinking about it, I'm re- and you were explaining that one, I realized that I've watched three other documentaries in the last week that I've really enjoyed. But oh I'm just going to tell you about this one. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and you've, you've possibly heard of it, um, The Choice, a frontline PBS documentary. Um, no. It's just, it's a great frontline documentary just about Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. And it's like, just... It starts off when they were growing, like, literally, they were born here, you know, and it's, <laughs> it's just, like, it just follows their whole lives and how they got to this point, hmm. and so it's just, you see this stark contrast between the two of them, and it's amazing. Cool. Basically, right. you learn you learn about how they came to be who they are, and mm. it explains a lot, <laughs> honestly. And it sort of puts the whole, it's called the choice, so it puts your whole choice into perspective. Um, yeah, I'll watch so that. I feel I, like it's it's a must watch for this before this election. You you should see the yeah. choice on Frontline. I love Frontline documentaries, so I will watch that one. Is I that know just, you do? It's on their website, right? Yeah, it's on the okay. PBS site. Cool. Um, speaking of PBS documentaries, to specifically to our listener Perry and Lisa, uh, the Hamilton all day. <laughs> the Hamilton documentary is coming out on. I wrote it on my calendar. October 21st. <laughs> so mark that on your calendars, guys. Okay, that's it. Okay. <laughs> I'm literally biting my tongue to not recommend more documentaries. I'll save oh them for God. next week. Because <laughs> uh, we yes. both watched the Amanda Knox documentary. Oh, my God. We watched so it good. together. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I mean, let's... We should have, like, an entire podcast about documentaries or something, if we haven't already, which I we think should. we should. That would mean I would have to watch a bunch, because you've recommended a lot that I haven't watched yet. And I can guarantee the ones that I recommended, they're home runs. Like Cartel Land, oh that's a home God. run. Okay, I'll watch them. <laughs> I love how annoyed you are every time I recommend something to you. <laughs> because it's always such a chore. It cuts oh, into my viewing schedule for Survivor yeah. and so, Yeah, right? Okay, so <laughs> I feel like you cannot complain because you're like, I'm just going back in time to watch old episodes of Survivor. <laughs> and like that to me is not a reasonable, it's not like, well, I'm watching this, you know, amazing. Oh my God, know, wait, I just realized I forgot a show. Precedent. <laughs> no. I, I forgot a new show. <laughs> Big Brother Over the Top is okay. online only. <laughs> no. Now it's my turn to roll my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyway, um, I won't talk about Big Brother Over the Top. If you okay. know, if you know about it, you're is already it arm wrestling? It. Is no. that what it is? Over what? the top. I don't get it. The arm wrestling joke? movie that they did on How This Get Made. That's not what it's called. It's called No Over Holds the top. No Holds Barred. No, that's just like a that's just like that's a, a wrestling movie. movie. No, oh. Over the Top is Over the Top. You're, I'm making okay. an arm motion for, for listeners. listeners at home. <laughs> <laughs> we I gotta cut this episode down. It's so long. I have never heard of that movie. Is that an episode of How Did This Get Made? I never heard. Yes. Of? Mm-hmm. Link it to me. I don't believe you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 